Hello everyone, and welcome to another horror for today. Right, so I'm not long back in, uh, just for the crazy week of <laughs> so much stuff going on. This is the first chance I've got to actually get out to the cinema. I misjudged the timings. I thought there was a show on at six o'clock, and it turns out that was like quarter to five because Sunday. You know, I don't know what day of the week it is. It's just flipping every day is a streaming day or working on something day, and then there's pesky day job as well gets in the way. But um, yeah. So instead of going like to the earlier show. Cause I didn't realize um till like it was already too late so i went to the later one so here i am so may as well do the stream before i hit the hay and start a new fantastic week um right this is the fourth film in this franchise and i remember i haven't seen these in a while and i didn't get a chance this week to go over them too much going on as you anyone that follows the channel knows <laughs> we've been quite busy um I wasn't too fussed in part three. I don't. I didn't quite see where that one was going. This one, however, really good. Um, the premise of the story is that we we'll start off at the scene where, if you remember, that Josh and uh, like Dalton, the kids all decided, right? Okay, best thing to do is hypnotize ourselves. Erase the memory of the last year, so we can't invoke this thing again. Call it back, and they all agreed, sit down to go through hypnosis. Not the idea that just basically erase their memories of all events so that they carry on normal lives. It then jumps to nine years later, where Josh is effectively burying his mother. His mother's passed away, and they're at the funeral. Um, in that time, Josh and Elise. Sorry, not Elise. Um, Rene have got divorced. He's estranged from his kids. He's he's uh, like a broken man. You know, he's he's perfect memory fog. So the hypnosis has had a, a long-lasting effect, which people didn't understand. And they all know something's wrong. So what they thought was the good thing, the, you know, basically erase their memories of the previous events, has actually still in there the trauma still in there the unresolved issues of what they've been through and uh yeah basically that's you know that's getting played out so we start off um dalton's and uh, you know going that dalton's going to college and uh renee basically has the ass battery to drive and you know, to try and get them to sort of have some sort of connection and you can see there's bad blood there and there's resentment, and then we start to find out more about Josh's life and his relationship or non-relationship with his father. And then that's all sort of playing out. Um, pretty well done, honestly. Um, there's good character acting in this. There's good scenes. So the older versions of the kids, the two brothers, um, actually pretty decent because at first glance you think Dalton was your, you know, morose, gothy type, you know, emo teenager but as it turns out it's not he's you know basically lads he's traumatized the events and if you had a demon trying to rip your soul from you i think you'd be a bit upset too <laughs> and then if you're if you have the memories or the trauma of a demon trying to rip your soul out but the actual memories of why you're traumatized then you're going to be even more screwed up and that's um what that's about there's an underlying theme 
which I picked up on with this movie, and it's lies and keeping secrets from those you hold dear. That's that's kind of the underlying theme that uh, goes through this movie because obviously Elise Renee's aware, Elise's aware, the 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 extended circles aware what's happened. It's Patrick Dalton and uh, God, who's the wee brother? Who's the wee brother? Oh my God. I haven't got him listed here. That's ridiculous. And he's in it quite a bit. It's Foster Lambert. Um, right, that's... Um, you know me and names, folks. Sorry, um, but the younger brother anyway. They're, they're completely oblivious. But the mother knows. <laughs> and we all have this thing. Um, that's why um, betrayal... And being lied to is the worst thing. It's a poison, and that's a that's a good topic. You know, that's uh, we'll say horror is a, like the ultimate in social commentary or looking at life through the horror lens. It's because it's all bare knuckle, bare bones, and you get to see it being played out. And this is what it is: it's the lies and the secrets and the you know something's not right, and you know when you try to get down to the baseline, because I think we're all, for the most part, those of any of us with like normal cognitive ability, we like the problem solve. That's why problem solving games, you know, challenges in the workplace stuff, that's why it, it drives us. We like to break down a problem and, and rationalise it and solve it and have an answer. That's just the, the human psyche. So when you're dealing with lies and untruths, and you can't get your baseline to establish what the hell's going on, it has proper devastating effects on you. And that's played out through this, and it's done really well, and actually appreciate it, because of, you know, any of us that have experienced that, you know, about all day at times, you, you know that person that will just blatantly lie to your face, <laughs> and you know it's not right, you know it's not what happened, it's not even about winning the argument, it's just, you know someone's like blatantly telling non truth right to you, and it I think it's the uh, provokes the worst thing in you. And we all know it, we're all there. We see, I think that's why we've got um kind of touched this when I was talking to David on Saturday. Um when you've got people land you on a daily basis, and I'm talking about politicians, the media, you know, when they're they wanna promote something and Neither side's telling the truth, and you just you just want to figure out what the hell is the best way. And you're nobody when you can't look at people to rely on them. Um, I think that's why there's so much resentment and anger right now because we don't have that. Um, stand for something, state your position, but base it in truth, and you'll all you know, and you'll you might win all the time because that's human nature, but. When you're basing everything on a lie, and then someone else is telling other lies to counter your lies, and then people are trying to figure out what the hell's going on. That's why um, everyone's freaking miserable today, and that's why I switch off from it. But this is um, it's relevant to the story because that's the underlying theme, and you can see the destruction of a family unit and actually people's 
souls, so to speak, because it puts them at risk. Because of that, the good look of for answers. So, Dalton arrives in co college. Um, I was a bit worried because he's in the dorm room and uh, his bunkmate hasn't arrived yet. I'm a mate, uh, Chris, who's a young girl, and there's been a mix up of registration, so they've put her in with him. And she's that typical, how was it? Oh, liberal arts, and you know, acts like a complete dickhead at the start. And I think, oh no, here's an insufferable twat we're going to have to put up with throughout the movie. And that was, uh, I, I was like almost checking out, thinking, oh no, they've just inserted this insufferable, annoying character. What, to bring comedy, levity, whatever, you know, what the hell is this about? Um, but it worked out because then that, because of the strange circumstances, that gave her a chance to bond with Dalton. And she could move the next day, you know. But give her an insight because then she starts to see what's going on. And then she actually gets genuinely interested in him. I don't think there's a... Wasn't a romantic interest there. That was, and that was cool as well because it's boring. Um, the worst thing I hate in movies is the love interest. It's the most boring trope of a character. It's absolutely worthless use of a character just to be the love interest. But she actually managed to serve a purpose. And then she won me over because when she experienced the horror herself and she just like absolutely bricked it, she's like, oh, you know, and facing this thing for the first time. Um, and the we girl who plays the character, you know, did a brilliant job. I just showing that absolute terror and fear of, oh crap, this world is real. This is not a messing about thing. <laughs> um, and then it just brings him closer in that respect. So it all starts off when he's in the college that he's doing an art course, and he's done drawings and that these uh there's something you know there's something in his artwork she does this thing the the professor where it gets him and she counts down from 10 so basically what we're getting then is a replication of the hypnosis pro process so that's what triggers dalton um busy opening up his mind back again to the uh, to the uh, other As the others, yeah, the other realm, you know, um, God, what's it called? It's not the nether. I think it is the other, but the, you know, what I mean, the other realm, um, as we know, this series, those that can astral project, those that can move into this realm and talk with the dead, the dead, you know, they're it's like blood in the water, the sharks, the the scent of life, and a lot of these spirits, you know, they're they're broken, they're you know, it's the ghost of stupid thing again, you know, it's the Ghosts are broken things and they just act out of pure emotion and yearning and absolutely no coherent sense whatsoever with the physical realm. Which, and there's a bit later on where, yeah, it kind of makes sense when it gets fixed. But normally when I'm annoyed, you know, the whole jump scare thing and that, uh it actually makes sense with us because it's it's there the bit that didn't make sense was 
uh, Josh's encounters with his father, which I found out to his father. Um, that scene just crashes through a uh, windscreen, you know, a, a glass door at him, and you know, he's all bloody up and doing the Ooga Booga scary thing, and just made no sense. You know, as a uh, things got her scare, jump scares for jump scares' sake. I'm on that. The the jump scares were Manny's well. I actually enjoyed them. Um, there's one in particular, and it just shows there. Um, I think it's the first horror movie I've been to in a while as well, where the cinema was packed. <laughs> I mean, it was full, <laughs> and normally you don't see that. Uh, anytime I've been, and you've seen me showing, it's like it's practically empty when I go. So Sunday night must be horror night. So there are a few normies in the crowd, <laughs> and that was absolutely glorious. Because there's one particular scene with um with the other part of this that doesn't make sense because it never got resolved properly. Um, but there's one with the ghost, and I just burst out laughing because it was a it was a vomiting ghost, you know, it was a, the Exorcist type vomit type stuff, and I'm just like, <laughs> and there's normies just going, ah, for the buckle of laughter at it, and I'm just like. Oh, you sick! You watch too many horror movies, mate. You're you're twisted. Your brain is broken. <laughs> um, it's like um Chris's reaction. Her, you know, she represents a normie coming into the horror franchise and starting off with um Saw instead of Killer Clowns or starting off with you know instead of a comedy one or Dracula Dead and nothing. So instead of starting off soft. Go straight on with the hardcore stuff, and it's like, whoa, <laughs> um, it's kind of like that. Ah, there's actually somebody there's a seat in front of me, and we're only like, um, like 25 minutes in the movie. And she's like, and he's uh, it's he's drawn the red door because obviously that's a scene, and we'll know what the red door is from previous ones. And he's drawn it because his memory's kicked in, and she's like, This is too intense for me. All I'm hearing, this is too intense for me, and I'm like. Well, hell, nothing's happened yet. But it just, um, it goes to show you don't need gore. You can build up a good tense atmosphere. Um, One thing this movie did really well was the use of absolute silence. No music, no sound, but there's scenes like when they're, you know, uh, when they switch from the physical realm to the, the astral plane, so to speak. Dead silence. And even when you hear the ghosts moving, you actually hear them moving and it's done. Like they're placing their knees and hands down to look. And um, that's, you know, they've done that a couple of times. They use that throughout the movie. They obviously use music as well, but there's quite a few scenes and that's what they use, just pure quiet. And just the sound of what's going on. Um, I recommend watching this in the cinema, by the way. And if you don't get to see it in the cinema, put earphones in. Don't just watch it on TV, right? Um, this is not a movie to watch on the TV to get the full experience. You need the... Uh, I don't think you'd appreciate the impact, if that makes sense. Definitely a cinema movie, because I guarantee you, stick this on the TV, you'll not have the same effect. The reason being, like I said, the use of not just sound, but lack of sound... So with that, you need I like obviously the cinema 
it's just and nobody was speaking. Uh, that was another thing as well. Like I, I, that's how everyone was like quiet, paying attention. Do you know what I mean? If people decking about in phones and doing all sorts and faffing about no, nobody like about two people moved to go to the bathroom, I think. <laughs> in a back cinema. Everyone's just like sitting glued to the screen. Um it kind of shows the impact though that horror movies have, and this is a, this is a good one. Really is. Um glad I want to see it. I'm glad I want to see it in the cinema. So in the college, uh Josh is trying to connect with Dalton and, and somebody's having out leaflets for uh, a frat house party. Um and if that's the epitome of Dumyakistan and Dumyakistani colleges, it's the, the frat house weird shit that just uh no thank you. But he's handed his flyer to go to you know what you'd expect the boar fest and boring people trying to be cool but there was talked about an incident in the place a previous year obviously a student died and a their ghost is something about but the ghost it was never resolved why the ghost was on no obviously died before his time but why he was reaching out to dalton he was telling him to close the door you know it's the whole theme of the movie but even when he's trying to you know when dalton goes to look for him the second time he's still doing the grabby jump scare thing which is utterly stupidity because we do have entities that appear as sympathetic ones where i think you need you know there's a good bit of to show this realm i think you need that bit of balance and those that have stayed behind like elise um she's passed on at this point and she kind of stays behind and she's not doing the so they can do it when they want they can have clear speaking so i think um that character would have been a good um storytelling point you know reliable narrator so to speak to explain what the hell's going on and it was wasted and it just didn't you know it was just another excuse for a jump scare and the movie didn't need it if that makes sense there was enough going on with um obviously we got the um the red demon back again and it seemed to be the particular you know i mean these demons are looking for a way out always but the the latch on to certain you know individuals is their scent like uh, bloodhounds get your scent and that's it what was interesting though is this all leads back to the first movie so when josh was possessed himself by the red demon and goes after his family that prompts that's what prompted the whole hypnosis thing because the trauma is still there and one of the pictures in front of the red door is actually you know josh's character with the hammer and that's um you know that was cleverly done because we get a we get a tie-in if that makes sense the whole franchise i'm going to need to watch these all again i think um my problems with the third one the first one was great the second one was brilliant i actually thought the second one was better the best out a lot um because we get the backstory of the one of the entities that was invoked you know basically under the guide of the red demon 
Um, trying to think what I, I don't want to obviously spoil it. I want you to go and watch it. You know, it's it's worth it. But we'll get that cool. No, I mean, there's not a complicated story. Let's just put it like that. The, the story is not overly complicated. The only bit that the, the two bits of three in, but I mentioned was the weekend in the frat house and Josh's father, which that could have been any character. You know, there was no reason to use them unless you're going to utilize them properly. And we find out, you know, Josh goes and does some research and finds out his backstory, and then that's when he twigs on what's happened, and then the whole, you know, the whole story comes out. Back to what I'm saying, the whole theme of this is lies and secrets are poisonous and they do you know they do as much harm as any ghost entity or you know physical threat can do the can really mess people up we need that grinding we need to know what's in front of us where's up where's down where's left where's right when that all gets skewed if that's why things like sensory deprivation or or you know techniques used in uh, interrogation that because when you can't tell you know whether it's daytime or nighttime or if you're standing up sitting down or you can't hear so you can't orientate yourself that's what breaks people so there's a lot um there's a lot in that and it's a powerful uh powerful horror tool to be honest and it used quite well as much as uh because i think of this had it just relied on the red demon again and jump scares this wouldn't have been a good movie you know it would have just been the same old same old so having that um i would say well written story because it was it was actually um you were following along with it uh can't really argue wasn't trying to be pretentious or anything it's just a it's a simple story told well and that human aspect and then the horror on top of it that's you know i mean that's all you need to do for the movie to make people happy and like I'm saying, um, because it's the first time I've been to the cinema where it's been full, and it was good to see, and it was actually amazing. Like I said, people were gripped to their seats. Even um, oh sorry, um, when I went to see Evil Dead Rise, but there was more of a you know, it was more of a general audience, you know, fussing about and stuff. In this, the atmosphere, people were gripped, and that I'll tell you all you need though. Sometimes if you are in the cinema, right, and you're watching a movie, just take a wee step back and look around you. That, because um, if you're wondering yourself whether uh, you're enjoying the movie or not, have a look around you. If people are fussing about and on their phones and like getting popcorn, and there's more people back and forward to their seats. They're not invested. When you get like, like I said, I was able to pick up words of conversation because nobody else was talking. Sometimes you get the wee murmurs here and there, and that's you know general chatter. Like, put this, uh, put the likes of this compared to the audience in a, a superhero movie. You know, I mean, people are faffing about and doing whatever. They're just they're sort of half paying attention, looking at the shiny stuff on the screen. And this was that people just riveted, and it was um, as I said, that's that's how I knew that what I was feeling, you know, and being gripped by the story wasn't just me. It was being played out in front of my eyes. Well, that's cool. Um, they've left it that the this franchise can carry on. It wasn't an ending or anything. It's just another chapter in a story. We'll get to see the you know 
come together again at the end, you know, the reconnection between um, Josh and Dalton. In fact, time gets played with, so we'll see the original scene where Josh went in to get his son and rescue him. Now we're seeing it getting replayed out again. Um, we're seeing the whole, you, you know, if you in the picture, these things can possess us. Still do you right now, you know, all that type of stuff. Um, really good. What I would like to see now, if they're going to do more, these two have been through the crucible. So Josh and Dalton don't need to break down anymore. They, if they're coming back, they should be seasoned. They should be the next Elise type character, if that makes sense. They should be mentors. And what I would love to see actually is father and son team going to help someone else in crisis with not necessarily the same demon, but a new entity. Because there's, there's, you know, I mean, with this universe and the other realm, you've got a multitude of characters you can play with. And if you do it like the second one, where the red demon, yes, was the main antagonist, but there's also the other one that did the possessing, and then when we found out who that was in the second movie, and they've got their backstory and what they did in real life, that was fascinating. So we can do that again, but with a new character. So we can have somebody who's in the, you know, can't go to rest because of their spite and hatred, and uh, want to lash out. And we can have them try to break through. Then we can get their story told. So this could go on, and we're gonna have the passing of the torch as well. Because um like Patrick Watson is an old, he can fucking and these aren't like action movies or anything, so all you need to do is be able to act with a few scenes. So there's no reason why he can't do another few of these movies. You know, he's definitely not past it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, not past playing this role. But now um Ty Simpkins, who plays Dalton, I liked him. Like I said, initially he was given the whole emo vibe, but he um, he progressed and we saw character progression throughout the movie. So him coming through, maybe the next movie is like two years ahead and he's graduated. And you could see him. Do you know who I could see him being? And we could have him be the... Um, God, I'm about to forget it. <laughs> Lord of Illusions. Oh, God, I'm going to have to look it up. Sorry. Ah, my brain has just went. And Scott Baggett then. Hi, Demore. How did I forget that? It's not like I haven't talked about fucking Clive Barker's writings <laughs> enough. So, we could see Dalton be a Harry Demore type character. He... The art degree he's done, you know, that's that's fine. He could be a graphic designer or something, you know, but he's found his calling, his vocation, is going out and helping people. Josh could still be part of this, you know, mentor. They both can astral project. They can work as a team. You could see them solving problems outside of the... I mean, they've solved their problems. They've come through the crucible. They're fully fledged. So we can have another character in Dire Straits who calls out to them. You know, and this could go on. You know, get a few without it being a linear storyline, if that makes sense. Because we've done that. Now it could be episodal. You know, each movie is its own thing, and it's just a new adventure. But we'll see what happens. Um, I think that um, I need to get my head around this. Um, 
James Wan did the screenplay, but it's a Blumhouse production, and this is pre uh merger. Because I always associated Insidious with um Atomic Monster. James Wan, and then this may be right, I'm confused because obviously he's cast and as well when you cast Patrick Wilson and it's slightly similar grain, but it's not the full on you know James Wan look and feel, but you still get a bit of it, and you can understand if he's he's a he's a screenplay and a producer in this. Patrick Wilson actually directed this, which is uh, interesting. Um, I like him. I like him and uh, the roles that he's done. Um, I know people don't like the Conjuring series because it's based on real life characters. But when I went into it, I didn't understand that. I just took them as characters and enjoyed the the portrayal of them. So I can disconnect between you know the the people that were doing what they were doing. Um, that's fine. But I like Patrick Wilson as an actor and seems to be a pretty decent director as well. So no complaints there. So I'll, I'll wrap this up now. Obviously, I've been starting to waffle a bit. Um, once I just uh, formulate my thoughts, like I said, I just got in. So <laughs> while the movie's still fresh in my head before I forget stuff, um, definitely worth the watch. Get out to the cinema. Honestly, this is one for the this is one for the cinema. Go on a matinee or a Sunday night or something if you can. You know, it's a um, well, don't go on. A, um, obviously, I'll be in the well, this is the second week, so probably have a week or two. Quit during the week, you know, um, get that experience because the, the way they use sounds brilliant, you know, definitely worth doing. Um, if you've seen it, let me know uh, what you think. Do you agree with what I, um, my feelings on it or do you disagree? Obviously, give me based comments of what you think, not just, you know, what you enjoyed, what you didn't enjoy. That's, as always, have the conversation about it. <laughs> That's what uh, this channel is all about. But um, there you go. I uh, hope you enjoyed that. Um, I don't know what I'm doing this week. I need to plan some stuff out. So in the meantime, keep up to date with the channel. Do the tidy, clicky things. And until next time, keep it creepy. Keep it horrific. <laughs>